How's it hanging, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Reasonably Outrageous. It is Thursday, October 3rd, hitting your ears on Friday, October 4th. Hopefully, we're all getting ready to gear into a very fun weekend. Like we said last episode, it is the most fun time. October is the best sports month of the year. I'm Blake Pace, alongside Matt Wyrick. Matt, how's it going? Pretty good, buddy. I'm just been soaking up playoff baseball it's back we are really in the the heart of the sports schedule hockey started yesterday oh yes um, two days ago for the listeners here i actually watched the cap season opener for i think was the first time in my life oh nice uh, so I'm, I'm i'm deciding i'm gonna try and get into it this year i couldn't do it last year because just you know it was the year after they won the stanley cup that was not the season to to oh, jump on yeah. the bandwagon yeah i just couldn't be that guy so yeah. i half paid attention last year but i decided this year you know what? I'm going to watch some hockey this year. So, uh, go Caps! Uh, mm-hmm. Watched they they won in overtime. It was a pretty exciting game. Had to come from a down two zero early on, but yeah, we got playoff baseball. Man, the, that crazy Dude, National League wild card game. I gotta ask you, you're you're a you know a an, a man. You're a grown man at this point, but I have to imagine you were sitting in a bar acting like a five year old child when Watt and Soto went balls. Uh, how 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 was that? What was that it, like? It was pretty insane. I was watching it with two people who weren't Nats fans, my girlfriend Madison and, and our buddy Bennett, um, who neither Oh, you were which, watching with Bennett? Yes, yes, Oh, I that's was. awesome. And I'm, I'm actually going to be watching tonight's game, oh. or for you all listeners, uh, yesterday's game, with him as well, at the same bar, with the same jersey on, because that's I have sick. to at this point. Um, but uh, they, neither of them were as heavily invested. I mean, Bennett was paying attention while Madison, you know, was just sipping her beers. Um, but, uh, you know, I was... Really into it, going crazy. Uh, was basically just pissed the entire game uh, yeah. until that eighth inning, and and they started stringing a couple hits together. And you know Juan Soto did his magic. Uh, my parents were there. I had some friends who were there who were texting me uh, how crazy it was. The atmosphere, dude. We're Nats fans are buying into this team, man. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. They're they're scrappy as hell and. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do against the Dodgers. So hopefully uh, they go on and win tonight, and I, I don't seem uh, – well, you know, honestly, it would be very Nats to lose the first game of the series and then come back right. and win it. So, oh, yeah. you know what, we'll see We'll see what happens, but uh, it, it's been a, lo- a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And just uh, the pure excitement on his face, you know, despite getting run down. Oh, he after, didn't even care, man. That was the best part. <laughs> he was like, oh, we got the lead. We're, we've got, we basically closed this shit out. I know our bullpen's going to take care of things, which is uh, bold if if you're a, a member. <laughs> for of one Nats. inning, for, for one, one inning, inning, we've got. They this. did it. They did it. So so you know, congratulations to that. Of course, the other uh, wild game as well too, where uh, you know the Rays. I mean, Yande Diaz coming back for his first game since what July twenty second. Twenty second, yeah. Jesus, and then two home runs. Um, of course, you've got uh, what's his name uh, in a. Uh, who's batting DH, the former Cardinal. Tommy Pham hit a home run as well. Yes. Uh, hey, man, the, the balls are juiced, so if you've got a good uh, team with uh, with some hot bats, it's a good time to be in the postseason, especially before things start cooling down, because I know you know we talk about playoff baseball and how it gets colder and the impact that has on the game, but it's record temperatures for October across the country. Mm-hmm. So Now's the time. So, yeah, so now's the time. <laughs> so that makes me feel good as a Yan- from a Yankees perspective. But, uh, man, fun, fun time of the year. I know you guys will already know the outcome of tonight's 
uh, Rams Seahawks games. Uh, Matt, are you are you saying that you're going with the Seahawks? I think I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks. I think yeah. uh, I think they're getting slept on a little bit uh, in this game. So it's it's not a game that I'd necessarily want to bet on. I, we, we were talking right. about this before the show. I, I don't know if I feel comfortable either way, um, but I do I do believe that the defenses are overrated. So I'll be taking over uh, yeah. in this game for sure. So, so one of us will look stupid when you're hearing this. I, you know, yes. I believe I think the Rams will pull it out. I think Matt thinks the Seahawks will pull it out. So uh, be sure to let uh, let which one of us got it wrong. Let us hear about it. So, and, and talking <laughs> about gambling, I agree with you. I'm not really betting against the spread on either of these teams, but that's gonna be a perfect segue into our first topic of the day. And of course, we've got Week Five of the NFL season coming up this week. And you know, let me tell you, Matt, Thursday night football is a good game. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. The Packers-Cowboys in the late afternoon is a good game, but man, there are some piss-poor matchups this week. And then also the scheduling is the worst of all time, having 10 1 o'clock games and then only one game at 4.05, one game at 4.25. I can't stand it. I I, I don't get what the NFL Why? is thinking like, based yeah, off of that. Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> Dude, even, even the London game you could play, so that starts at 10 a.m., but instead that's just a, another 1 o'clock it it's really weird. doesn't make sense but but we're going to take a look uh with our with our normal betting segment of the week and now Matt uh, I know we were talking about how my lock of the week did not go well with the Kansas City Chiefs not being able to win by 7 uh, mm-hmm. I believe yours hit correct your lock Mine of the did week? I took the yeah. Jags plus 3 and a half so nice. I'm 2 and 0 oh with my lock so far so basically uh my word is law at this point Yeah um, of course so uh, of course we'll just segue right into it Yeah here. Matt uh, I'll lead off and when we got my lock of the week, I am going with the Ravens, minus three and a half at the Steelers. Uh, you got even odds on that bet, which is just tasty in and of itself. But I think the this is a desperation game for the Ravens. They obviously start off 2-0, and really hot, but then fall in back-to-back games to the Chiefs and Browns, two teams who could be uh, up there against them in terms of tiebreakers at the end of the year uh, for higher seeding. So that really hurts, having lost to both those teams. And, of course, you look at who they did beat in the Dolphins and the Cardinals, and neither of those teams really jump off the page to you at all. You're thinking they're both going to be top 10 picks in the draft uh, next season. However, I still believe that the Ravens are a legitimate contender this year. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. that offense kind of came down to earth a little bit, but they're still averaging you know, around 30 points per game. So uh, I think that this is the time for the Ravens offense to, to really take control. The Steelers are an exploitable defense. Obviously, with Mason Rudolph at the helm, the offense hasn't been spectacular. They did pull off the win last week when he, in a huge game for them. But uh, I don't believe that necessarily that offense is a major threat, especially given how talented that Baltimore defense is. So Ravens minus three and a half I believe they cover yeah I don't blame you I think the Ravens come out of that game as well with a win um the only thing that worries you is you know the division rivalry of course mm-hmm. these two head coaches the have well. played each other yeah you're taking a team on the road you're essentially saying that they're uh six and a half point favorites if they were at home um the only thing that you know I I guess that's the only thing that really concerns me but this is the right time to get in on Baltimore if you're you know betting wise you know the two straight losses to to the Chiefs and the Browns, which lowers the expectations uh, from what these um, you know these uh, gambling websites are putting out for them. But I do believe the Ravens, like you said, um, you know we were both wrong about them not putting them in the playoffs. But um, of course, the way that things the Steelers have gone, uh, the the Ravens should be one of the better teams in the AFC this year. So I expect them to get back to form. Uh, I don't blame you at all for that lock of the week, and I feel pretty comfortable about it too. So I am going to go with my lock of the week. And that is going to be uh, the, the biggest spread uh, of week five. <laughs> and honestly, I, and I'm going to get a little dangerous with it as well. Um, 
so first off, the, the, the spread in itself, I'm taking uh, the Patriots minus 16 over the Washington Redskins. That's uh, at minus 105 right now. But I feel pretty comfortable extending that and going into some alternate lines. Um, at If you go 18 and a half, it's plus 120 odds. If you go, uh, they got to win by more than three touchdowns, it jumps up to plus 175. If you think they win by 24, that's plus 250. Um I would I wouldn't blame you for doing any of those. I mean, we saw how they took care of the Jets and the Dolphins, and the Redskins might be worse than both of those teams, uh, if not <laughs> talent-wise, maybe dysfunctional-wise. Um, I like I said on dysfunctional-wise. Yeah, like I said on Tuesday, I do believe this is going to be the last game of Jay Gruden's uh, tenure with the Redskins. Uh, he said he really doesn't have much of a quarterback plan this week. Uh, Colt McCoy might be available. I'm not sure. I guess maybe I would stay away from the 21 or 24 points. But even then, it's Colt McCoy still probably not fully healthy, not fully not recovered from his injury last year in his surgery. Uh, if it's Dwayne Haskins, I would go with the 24 points. He's not ready to be out there um, un- unless this one week with the starters and getting a lot of reps has made him ready. And then Case Keenum, I mean, we've seen how poor that he's looked with the Redskins. So I feel comfortable with the Patriots at any of those lines. I wouldn't blame you because if you get up to some good odds, uh, you know, if you think they win by 24, uh, that-, that pays out pretty nice for you. Yeah, uh, I-, I don't mind it at all. I think that the Patriots are much better than 16 points, better than the Redskins at this point. Uh, so, you know yeah. what? Take the Patriots to cover every single week. doesn't matter who they're playing. They're going to do it. So, uh, especially Except with the Buffalo team, Bills. Except for the Buffalo Bills, which I picked yes. them on a money line. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't come through. Uh, uh, yeah. It was very good odds to pick the Bills there. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I had a bad week in, in betting Me overall. Too. My lock landed, but I had it as part of a parlay, so I didn't end up winning any money. Oh, no, <laughs> it was pretty sucks. bad. Yeah, Dude, it was yeah. pretty I, bad. We, we all had bad weeks. We're in a big gambling group chat, and everybody was... Aside from Bennett, so Bennett, congratulations. Bennett had a huge week, yeah. You had a huge <laughs> week gambling while all of us shit the bed, so congratulations. You know, good week with him. He's having a good year. You know, getting, that new, getting the new job... I'm going to brag about Bennett uh, for a little bit, because, I mean, got his new job now covering UVA Sports. Uh, you know, he had the great weekend uh, this past weekend gambling, and his lines are off to a hot start. It's a good time to be Bennett Conlon. And FC, he's big on FCS lines. Uh, oh, so yeah. if you ever yeah. need advice on that, he's the guy to talk to. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to switch <laughs> things up and now go from the games that we feel most confident about to the games we feel the least confident about, games that we are completely avoiding this week. Matt, where are you not putting a single penny? A single penny is not going to be going toward the Cowboys-Packers game. Cowboys are favored at minus three and a half. And if you were to reverse it and have the Cowboys at home, I would definitely not feel comfortable about them at minus six and a half uh, at this point of the season. I get that the Packers lost a tight game to the Eagles last week, but uh, this is now going to be a game in Lambeau where the Cowboys are coming off of a really tough loss offensively uh, against the Saints where they now have to go on the road and beat Aaron Rodgers. I just don't feel comfortable at all uh, about the Dallas's ability to do that. Not to say that the Cowboys are necessarily a fake contender by any means, but uh, I think they got humbled a little bit. And uh, Amari Cooper's health is in question right now, has uh, played sparingly in practice if uh, he's appeared at all. I'm not exactly sure on his status, but uh, if he isn't healthy for the game, that is a huge loss for that receiving core that is already down Michael Gallup. I am definitely not feeling confident about the Cowboys minus three and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't want to avoid. I wouldn't want to put money on that either. Just with with uh, you know, both teams are kind of in the same position. They get off to hot three and zero starts. 
They both lose to teams that, you know, are very competitive, but maybe they thought heading in that they were, you know, supposed to be maybe a little bit favored. I know with the Packers falling to the Eagles, of course, the Cowboys losing to your Saints. So now it's a week where they kind of get back to the drawing board and figure out, okay, what went wrong last week and how do we improve upon that? Um, Of course, the Dallas offense is going to have another tough go against a very good Packers defense. Um, and for the Packers, I mean, their offense seemed to be hitting against the Eagles, but the Cowboys are a much better defense as a whole, especially in the secondary. So I wouldn't touch that game either, but, uh, I'm actually going to head, uh, across, uh, the pond. I'm or over the pond. What is it? It's across the pond, right? Across uh, yes, the pond. Across I'm, the pond. I, I am staying completely, completely, completely away from this Bears Raiders game. And I know we look at the Bears and we look at the Raiders and the states of their franchises right now, and we say, God, why wouldn't we put money uh, on the Bears to win this game? Um, first off, I don't like betting on. Uh, London games in general, unless it's the Jaguars, they do very well in London always because uh, <laughs> they play there every year. Yeah. It's like a home game for them. Well, they're yeah, they're trying to re- they're really trying to make the Jaguars the first London team. I wouldn't be surprised of it, but uh, we had, I would love to see Garner Minshew spend uh, nine months of his year in London. That would just be something amazing <laughs> to watch. Uh, but no, with this game, uh, you've got the Bears who are favored by five and a half at minus one ten odds. Um, as much as we talk about how great this Raiders uh, or the, this Bears defense is, and they're supposed to get a lot better with um, Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith potentially being back in the lineup, um, there John Gruden must have come into this season uh, not expecting really you know to chase for the playoffs. So he's probably got to look at this game as the one moral victory he can get. Everybody chastised him when he got rid of Khalil Mack and and how do you give that up uh, you know an all pro player the best at his position one of the defensive player of the year front runners uh, almost any given season he's been in the league and how do you think that that that's going to look if John Gruden just comes in there and, and they lay it and they lay an egg and the bears just walk all over them so i have to think that John Gruden has probably put more preparation into this single matchup uh, and and ways to break down this bears defense more than any other week and so i i still think that the bears end up winning this game but i wouldn't be surprised if it's closer than 6 points so uh, i i'm going to avoid this game even though it seems like the right pick to go with the bears yeah, for me, I feel very confident uh, in the Bears' defense locking down. I think Khalil Mack's going to have a big game. I mean, the, the table is just set for him to go completely off. But I have a rule of thumb where I don't bet on quarterbacks making the, their first start of the year midseason. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Chase Daniel coming in for Trubisky, obviously we're already getting the hot takes of uh, the Bears are better with Chase Daniel at quarterback than they are with Trubisky, which because Trubisky's a boom or bust type quarterback where Chase Daniel kind of just knows what kind of quarterback he is and it doesn't try to overexert himself. So there's a, a you know a higher floor for him and that's all they really need. I get that take, but at the end of the day, you know he, he's been a backup journeyman quarterback for a reason, uh, and, and you know he's not going to tear the cover off the ball. I don't necessarily expect him to be able to lead any late game drives because uh, I imagine this is going to be a very low scoring game. So overall, I, I agree with you. I, I just can't go either way with this game. Right. Yes. And now, so on to our player pick, and we originally started out by going by player props, but we have switched it over to daily fantasy because that's all the buzz uh, this year in the <laughs> NFL sport, especially now that the league has uh, announced their official daily fantasy sports partner with DraftKings, um, but we are not looking at DraftKings. We're taking a look at FanDuel money. This is a player under the radar, maybe that you can get at a cheap salary that uh, has a good odds to, uh, to to make that money worthwhile. So Matt, across the daily fantasy landscape, who are you taking a peek at this week? You know, I'm feeling really good about young Panthers quarterback Kyle Allen. 
Uh, going up against the Jacksonville defense, uh, valued right now at $6,500, which is pretty good uh, for your daily fantasy lineup if you want to go cheap on the quarterback. He really tore it up in his first game this of the year uh, against the Cardinals, in which he threw for 261 yards but four touchdowns, uh, passer rating 144.4, uh, really just had a fantastic game. And then last week, only threw for 232 yards, no touchdowns, but he hasn't thrown an interception in either game. His completion percentage overall all uh, sitting at 71.7 that makes me feel really good and obviously the Jaguars aren't going to be having Jalen Ramsey covering anybody on that uh cart or sorry Panthers offense so I, I feel good about him you know having a bit of a higher floor this week not maybe I don't think he's going to be throwing for four touchdowns again but I do think that uh-huh. while he might not rack up the yards he has a very high efficiency rating and that bodes well for a defense that maybe isn't living up to the expectations that we thought it would at the start of the year See, I, I'm going to tend to disagree. I agree with the value of the pick getting him there, and I understand not getting Jalen Ramsey um, on the field is great is is uh, is great news for the Panthers. But I, I just I still think that this Jaguars defense, uh, talent-wise, is still one of the best. Maybe they haven't been performing up to its highest, but they've held a lot of teams to low-scoring totals. I know you know they kept the Broncos to a low total. They don't have a great offense. Uh, they kept uh, the, the Houston Texans to 14 points, and I know that's basically a two-man ban between Deshaun Watson and... Uh, and um, DeAndre Hopkins, but I I, I know Jalen Ramsey isn't there, but A.J. Bouye is still one of the top corners in the league, and I I get so worried about these Panthers wide receivers because I I, I do like David Moore. I I do think he's a talented wide receiver, but uh, Blake, Blake, if I were to put the over-under at three and a half interceptions through their first four games, would you take the over or the under for the Jags right now? Well, if I I, without looking. If I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I mean, do you know I would, what it was? Oh, do you know well, what it was? Well, yeah, I know they haven't been picking guys off, but if okay. you, if you, yeah, no, I, I, I know their interception totals haven't been great, one, but I, one interception through their first four games. Yeah, I know, but you're taking into consideration losing two points as to posing to like holding the quarterbacks to low completion percentage yardage totals and touchdowns. So you know, passing yards can, rank in the NFL, they rank 22nd in passing yards per game, 13th in rushing, so they're pretty good against the run. But that's right. Christian McCaffrey who's going to be coming at you, and if he was just named NFC off. Player of the month, so I feel fine about that. Uh, right. I feel very confident about John, Kyle Allen against yeah, no, this defense. I, I, to- I, I get that. I don't. I personally don't believe it'll go well. I think that you know, you take a look. DeAndre Hop or Deshaun Watson is a is a much t- more talented quarterback, uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is a much more talented wide receiver than anything on Carolina. Uh, Denver, of course, they 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 might have let up some things, but Joe Man uh, Joe Flacco is a more of a game manager and. And didn't look awful. I just think that Kyle Allen is one of those guys. He's got two kind of cakewalks through those first two weeks. I'm not impressed with the Houston defense. The Cardinals defense is one of the worst in the league. So this is really going to be his first big test of the season. And that's kind of why I just would want to see him do well against the Jaguars and then find the value later. But I I, I don't complain. I'm not complaining about the pick. It is good value for a starting quarterback. Hey, uh, I feel good about it, but... Yeah, we'll um, take a look at how it plays we'll out see. on Sunday. We'll see, Where, what's, I, and, your, what's your Funny enough, I, I'm staying in the same game with you, and I'm going to the opposite side. I, oh, I'm God. taking a look at Jaguars wide receiver right. DJ Chark. Chark! Uh, we talked yeah, about him DJ last Chark. week. Yeah, we've, we've talked about him. He's a good uh, up-and-coming wide receiver in this league. Um, taking a look at him, you got him at about 
5,800 uh, with FanDuel right now. And I just, for, for years, we've always been asking Carolina to fix up their secondary, but still, that's the one area they still neglect. Uh, you know, we've seen teams like Arizona put up high point totals on them. Um, of course, Houston only was able to put up 16, but that's a funny point. Matt, do you remember seeing any play uh, from last week from that game? Because uh, I, I, it wasn't on red zone at all. There was no real, you know, excitement in that Panthers-Texans games. Did you see anything out of that? No, I mean, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins was held to, like, two catches, so... Yeah, so, <laughs> a weird game, uh, but I believe that, you know, with the offense, I still don't buy into this Panthers secondary being all that great, uh, and I think DJ Chark is a guy that I think, if you're looking at guys that could get a touchdown, uh, he's a he's a very talented wide receiver, and I think he could slip past that secondary once or twice. Yeah, I have DJ Chark in, like, three fantasy leagues, so I oh, love him, I feel good yeah. about him, I've got him going, so I'm I'm bought into that pick 100%. There you go. All right, and on to our last gambling topic. Uh, before we switch over to the baseball side of things, we are going to take a look at our parlays that we're going to do. And like we said, this is one game that we like against the spread, uh, one money line that we like, and then one over-under that we also like. So, Matt, uh, where are you going for these three, and what's the total payout at the end of it? So, I'm, I'm taking my lock uh, for the uh, spread at the Ravens minus three and a half at the Steelers. Mm-hmm. It's even odds right there. I'm taking the Cardinals money line at the Bengals. Bengals just look terrible, man. And I know uh, I, after week one, I was hyping up Zach Taylor. Uh, that offense has not looked great. The defense looked even worse. Uh, you know, the Bengals are a team in flux right now, definitely in the conversation with the Dolphins and the Redskins for the worst team in the NFL right now. Uh, I'll, I feel good about that Cardinals money line. And then I'm taking the under, uh, under 46 and a half in the Browns 49ers game um, I, I think that mm-hmm. 49ers defense is legit and the Browns really haven't necessarily been the defense that we hoped they would be uh, at the start of the year but Jimmy Garoppolo has been pretty inconsistent uh, so I think uh, a combination of the Browns kind of finding themselves and, and Garoppolo maybe not necessarily you know playing at his peak performance uh, combines for them to go under 46 and a half, which is minus 110 odds. So total that comes out to, which is a, a pretty big number, plus 835.5. So if you put 10 bucks down, you win $83.55. I feel pretty good about that parlay, Blake. How about you? Yeah, I feel good with it too. I, I agree with that under. The only thing I get worried about is if Cleveland's secondary still isn't out there to perform. I, I think Kyle Shanahan runs, you know, one of the more innovative offenses, uh, especially personnel-wise, but I I don't count on the Browns also being able to, like you said, because that, uh, we are going to really learn what that 49ers defense is, because in the opening weeks, it wasn't, you know, outstanding opponents they were facing, but if the Browns receivers can do something, then we'll kind of maybe have to temper our expectations with them, but I feel pretty good about that parlay as well. And they so, last yeah, undefeated yeah. team in the NFC, man. 49ers. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. They they looked really good last Sunday on that bye, too. Them and the Jets, man. They both had, they both had Killed great it. weeks. Killed yeah. it. Yeah, so with my parlay, and I was actually, I, at first I was going to go with, with your lock as well, that Ravens even money line, but uh, I talked myself into taking a look at that Patriots um, plus 250, minus 23 and a half. So that mm. is going to be my spread. Uh <laughs> Is this is this is going to be a, a weird payout. So I've got the Patriots winning by 24 points that pays out at plus 250 odds. Uh, my um, money line that I'm taking, I'm taking the Jaguars to beat the Panthers on the road. I think the Jaguars are the best team in the AFC South. I know all of them are 2-2 two and two right now, but I do think that, um, you know, offense, defense, I, I like them to, to come out on top in that division most right now. Uh, that is plus 155. And then I am taking the over in the Buccaneers-Saints game. I know the Saints uh, had been playing two weeks where they maybe went a little bit 
conservative and, and wanted to win those very tight games. Um, and they've done so, uh, you know, well against the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Um, but also you take a look at those games, Pete Carroll, usually a conservative head coach when he runs his offense and Dallas completely went away from the offense. They ran in their first three weeks and went extremely conservative and tried to outbeat Sean Payton. And that's not something you can do if you're Jason Garrett. Uh, Bruce Arians isn't that kind of guy. He is going to run his same down the field offense that, uh, we've seen throughout his entire career. I don't expect him to try and win this game 12 to nine. And so the saints are going to have to pull out their stops to, to put up points as well. Uh, and so right now that game is at uh, over 46.5, minus 110 odds. Um, so, Matt, combine those three together. Uh, that is plus 1,603.9. Oh, so if you bet $10 on that, you will win a whopping $160. So uh, I've already put that on there, so uh, I'm excited to see how that goes. But it, <laughs> it, it's going to be fun, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm really banking on the Redskins just folding at halftime yeah. against New England. I don't know, man. I, I feel I'm a little anxious about it. Not gonna lie, I think uh, I, I, that I'm, I would take the under in that Bucks Saints game. But also, I'm much lower on Jameis than you are, uh, and I just haven't really seen a whole lot of the Saints offense. So that one, that one scares me. Yeah. I'm fine well, with the, the the Patriots. Um, and then, mm-hmm. dude, Kyle Allen, man, you, you got to believe. I know, I, you're a big Gardner Gardner Minch- I know you're a big Gardner Minshew guy. But. I'm a fan of the team that has one of the more, like, I know the numbers aren't great so far through that first month, but I still think the Jaguars have one of the better defenses. And I just, I don't like Carolina, even if it's Kyle Allen instead of Cam Newton. Uh, I, I like Gardner Minshew way more than Kyle. And, and I, I understand your, your lowered expectations of the Buccaneers, but I, I know that's also because you have lowered expectations about the Rams defense. And, and yes, the Rams defense did not look good at all last week, but I think that was more a testament of the Buccaneers actually having a strong offensive plan. So I, I expect a lot of points in that game, but uh, it, you're anxious about it. So I, I wouldn't suggest you putting money out there, but if I do, that's a, that's a pretty good payday for me. <laughs> you may, hey, if you, if you really believe man, uh, go for it. I do. I, I actually feel pretty good about that. Especially the, the one I feel the most confident about oddly enough is the Patriots by 24. Uh, uh, but, I agree but there you. you go. That is our gambling segment of the day. Go make our bets, uh, you know, and, and try and win some money alongside with us. If you don't uh, win money with us, then um, especially on my parlay, that was actually Matt's. So uh, you can send all of your complaints to him. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I really want that. Of course. So we are going to switch things over to baseball. Of course, we've had two exciting wild card games already. Uh, we've got, of course, now after when you're listening to this, so our Thursday night games as well. But we are going to go back to our classic draft on draft uh, where we each uh, go back and forth picking, uh, you know, a certain topic. And the one we're going to do today is um, pitchers on teams that are currently in the playoffs who you would trust to start a win or go home postseason game in this year of 2019. Uh, Matt, we had pre-decided that you were going to take that first pick. Uh, we're going to do three mm-hmm. picks each and see how this folds out. I I, can, I already told Matt before the call, I do not feel confident at all about this, but I'm excited to see if I'm <laughs> somewhat in the same ballpark as you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of intriguing options here. I had a tough time narrowing it down to six Dude, players. Dude, so I think. tough. I mean, there. I would say that there are solid uh, beyond the six that I have uh, in my top you know, group here. I would say that I'd feel comfortable putting any of the next five into to my top six at some point. 
um, if you argue it the right way. So I'm interested to see if we have the same six. I'm imagining I'm hoping we, don't. we do. I'm hoping we do. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, but since you've gifted me the number one pick, I will take full advantage, Blake, and I'm going to take Justin Verlander uh, with the number one pick in our reasonably outrageous draft here. I, you know, you start right away with how he's been pitching this season. The, the Cy Young winner, uh, in my opinion. I mean, Garrett uh-huh. Cole racks up the strikeouts for sure uh, and has been incredible in his own right. But Verlander, uh, pitching at age 36 this year, given his postseason resume, obviously has pitched in a World Series before. Now, didn't do well uh, in that first World Series, uh, 2012. He had one start, went four innings, allowing five runs. But then, of course, uh, huge down the stretch for Houston in 2017. Does get the ring, makes uh, two starts there in that World Series. Was uh, insane. Won the ALCS MVP in in that 2017 uh, series as well. So overall, Justin Verlander has to be the top of the class in terms of uh, who I would take in a winner go home baseball game right now on the mound. It's going to be Verlander. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at three point one nine postseason ERA. Um, and, and that's what you say, you take into consideration just the, uh, consistency and the longevity that he's been able to do it even at this uh, late heyday. I agree with you. I do believe that he should be the AL Cy Young winner. I know, uh, you know, that, that they're splitting votes on that team basically in itself. So, um, you know, I, I agree. Justin Verlander has to be the number one pick. We both, uh, discussed beforehand, uh, you know, that was my first pick. So at least I I'm one for one on matching up with Matt's names. Um, and I, I'm nervous where to go with my first pick because because I, of these six guys, I don't know what order to put them in. I had Verlander one, and then you know a bunch below. And they're, they're, it's the toughest part for me is is combining in just their total postseason careers, but then also taking a look at the stretch that they are currently on in 2019, how they've been pitching of late, and where I would take them in this 2019 postseason. Um, so, with that being said, and Matt, if this guy isn't on your list at all, I'm going to be super upset, but I'm going to go with the guy that became the first player ever to go 3-0 and in win-or-go-home games. Nice. nice. Charlie Morton. Yep. Is he on your list? He is on my list. Oh, yes. Two for, two. two for two. All right. So, yeah, Charlie Morton. He, he looked great uh, last night, or uh, two nights ago now in Oakland, of course, being able to go those five innings with, uh, you know, five singles that he allowed to the athletics. Um, he's got a career 3.96 ERA, which kind of looks a little rough, but then you go, uh, his one appearance in the ALCS, um, last season against the, uh, Red Sox, the Red Sox put up some, some pretty big numbers on him, three earned runs in 2.1 innings pitched. Uh, but then you just look across the plate, you know, you go back to the 2017 series with the Dodgers. Uh, he had a 1.74 ERA in 10 innings pitched. Um, he's just one of those guys that even at, at, like you said, with Verlander being at the age of, of 36, Charlie Morton right now, uh, also 35. And it, what's funny enough is he didn't get into the postseason uh, until his age 29 season. I know Verlander started a couple years before, but uh, Charlie Morton, man, I, I don't know how long we can expect the race to go with their tough match matchup that they've got against the Astros, but I definitely think that in winter go home, he's proven that he can be the guy to be relied on. Yeah, I mean, he actually is pretty bad in non-winner go home games uh, in his career on an ERA of yeah. six uh, <laughs> in postseason games in which uh, they don't lose if they lose that game. Uh, but he's a gamer, man, uh, you know, a veteran uh, who's been around the league a long time and, and, and been on some good clubs 
made made the playoffs uh, for several different teams now, uh, with the Rays being his third. Uh, I, I I like the pick. I would, don't think I would have picked him second uh, yeah. or, or in the first round, but um, I do think that he definitely deserves to be taken here in the draft. So uh, all right, good. I'm all in. Uh, I love that's the Charlie a, Morton pick. That, that's, a, that's a moral victory for me just that he was on your <laughs> list. So, so where are you going – uh, with your number two pick, who in your mind should I have taken instead? Well, this is uh, going to come across as a homer pick, but still surprising. I'm going with Steven Strasburg Fuck. Uh, as my uh, number two. He would have been um, my next guy on the list. Uh, and yes, of course, being uh, a Nats fan, that's going to come across as biased. But Strasburg has pitched four games uh, in his career in the postseason, a 0.41 ERA. Uh, first of all, in 2014, goes five innings, allowing one run. Then in 2017, NLDS, he makes two starts, including one in which he was originally scratched uh, for having the flu, then decided to pitch anyway, went seven innings, no runs. Then it came back again later in the series, another seven innings, no runs. Of course, the Nats still went on to lose uh, one of those games uh, and lose both series. But he, he comes in in relief in, in the playoff, in the wild card game on Tuesday, goes three innings, picks up the win there. Uh, he's just if he's healthy, man, he is he is on another level. I mean, he's a strikeout machine, uh, always has been, and uh, a very underrated pitcher. I think that he's going to finish top five, if not maybe top three, uh, NL Cy Young this year. So certainly has been uh, up there uh, with some of the best pitchers in the league this year. So I'm going with Strasburg for my number two pick. Yeah, he was going to be my number two pick, and the only reason – it's so annoying because I thought <laughs> – my mindset was like you were going to sneak him into the third round because I was thinking you wouldn't have you wouldn't mm-hmm. think that he would be on my list but I was cons- it was between him and Morton that I was going to choose for my first pick so uh, I'm upset that you took <laughs> hey, him you're right from there. Me. I was planning on stealing him from you but we are 3 for 3 so far so I am happy about that the only thing is, is I don't think you're going to agree with me here, and this is because I'm taking a guy that hasn't uh, pitched in the postseason yet, but God, he's a young guy. He's on fire. Uh, I'm taking Jack Flaherty over with the Cardinals. Mm. Was he, he, did he... he? So, Blake, he is my first just miss guy. He oh, is okay. right there, my number seven. There you go. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a moral victory for me as well. <laughs> but, I mean, the stretch that he's been on, I mean, you go back even to the start of uh, July – um, he's got a 1.22 ERA, an opposing batting average of uh, 150, um, opposing slugging percentage of 234. Uh, he's been lights out for the Cardinals this year. I mean, the sole, the, the leader of the pack in bringing them through that second half surge and into the postseason. Which Matt, I'm trying to think, was there a while back that you predicted it was going to happen, or did you? I'm not sure if we said it over the air if you had talked about having them into the uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm trying to. Well, think. The Cardinals were my a- World Series pick. Right, yeah, that's what it was. They were your preseason World Series pick. Yes. Right. I wasn't sure if we had talked about them as a different, like, making a late playoff. I called the, the Indians show. dead early on in the year, and even though they made a Ooh. great comeback, Ooh. it still was right. That was close. Uh, I called the Cubs dead, uh, and that was before their epic collapse. Um, right. So that, that panned out, and uh, there was one other team. Oh, I said the Angels would make it, and they did not. Uh, there you go. So okay. I went gotcha. two for three. Right. Well, there we go. So, I mean, yeah, Jack Flaherty is on is on a roll right now, and I, you know, that's one of those picks where it was like, you know, I've never seen him pitch in the postseason. So, how much can you take into account what he's done? But uh, the role that he's on, he's been one of the better players in baseball the second half of this season. So, uh, uh, you know, he was just outside of your list. So, I, I'm I'm taking moral victories here, but I, I got Flaherty with my second pick. You got him right there. I, I don't blame you. He's been so good in the second half. 
uh, not starting game one because he pitched right at the end of the year. I believe it was game 162 for the Cardinals, um, mm-hmm. in which they needed him to start because the Brewers right. were right there. Uh, so it was basically a playoff game for them. So uh, if not game two, he'll be pitching game three. Not sure if they've announced when he'll be pitching, but uh, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, I'm currently watching the game right now um, between the Braves and the Cardinals. It's one-to-one in the sixth inning. Marcelo Zuna just hit a double. Uh, Miles Michaelis uh, just did pretty well. So I think it's Michaelis. Is it? Um, I believe so. Uh, But I can never get it. I'm terrible at pronouncing names, so I I might be wrong. But um, Flaherty is the unquestioned ace on that staff, and especially with the the second half that he had, this just might be his coming out party here in the postseason this year. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, right. Matt. Well, I can't believe that you gifted me uh, not only the number one pick here, but also Garrett Cole, man. I mean, I've got to go with Cole. I mean, obviously, he has only pitched uh, sparingly in the postseason, you know, went up last year, uh, did not do well uh, in the ALCS, gave up uh, four earned runs in six innings, uh, another earned run there. Uh, His career postseason ERA is a 3.72. He has had... Uh, a couple of, of good starts, uh, one with the Pirates in 2013, did well in the ALDS, went seven innings, allowed one run last year. Um, but overall, not necessarily the most impressive postseason resume, but we also have not seen Garrett Cole pitching at this level before. I mean, he right. took it. Uh, he was very good last year, don't get me wrong, uh, in his first season with the Astros, certainly deserving of being uh, a all-star and, you know, finished fifth in Cy Young, but this was a whole nother level. I mean, his, his strikeout totals, 326 strikeouts, man. That is insane for the era that we are in right now. And I get that, the, you know, we are in a strikeout-happy era, but to just to pitch that many innings, uh, having a, a strikeout per nine of 13.8, I mean, that's that's so unheard of. So uh, the fact that my postseason rotation now is Justin Verlander, Steven Strasburg, and Garrett Cole for the first yeah. three games – Feel pretty good about that, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, I feel good about it too. And Garrett Cole was was so. I think what I realized here is that I've had around roughly the same list, but the wrong order to pick them in because Garrett Cole was also on my list. Uh, he would have been, you know, my last pick the way I had things sorted out. So, uh, you know, to get to get Morton, I know Flaherty was just outside your list, and to miss out on Cole is a little bit unfortunate. But um, my last pick, and I'm going to go with a guy that I'm not sure if you would have had him on here because of how recent, I know we're taking into context uh, their recent performance, and and it might have not looked great uh, two nights ago, but I'm going to pick Max Scherzer. Uh, hey, my you're getting my selection. guy on the list. That's all. I, that's all I care about. Was was he, he on your list, or did he you was leave my, him off? He was my sixth guy. So okay. Oh, look. So I got what five out of the five six? For six. Five oh, for dude. Six. I'm I'm happy. I don't care that you got the three. Wait, best, wait. Can but, you uh, can you guess who my my last guy was? Who that's the one dude that you didn't pick. It oh. was in my my top six. Who would it be? Oh, um, uh, what what league is he in? Hmm. You just make a pick, Blake. <laughs> Were you gonna go with? Were you gonna go with? Uh, oh, I'm taking a look at, at some of the guys. I want to narrow it down to. Uh, were you gonna go with Blake Snell? No, I, I would have yeah, gone Wa- so. Walker Bueller, ah, okay. uh, the oh, young so stud in Los Angeles who uh, like will that. be starting Game One tonight. Uh, even he might make me look bad here pitching tonight uh if he if the Nats go off against him but yeah uh, he did pretty well last year but go ahead and and tell me why you picked Max Scherzer Blake 
Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those guys. I mean, even though he gave up those home runs last night when he was when or a couple nights ago now, when he was on a roll, you you felt like he was going to take over that game. Of course, the long balls didn't go his way, and we're taking a look in in a couple postseason games now where the long balls might be the difference in the game. But uh, aside from that, a career three point three eight ERA. Uh, if you go just between, uh, if you take out his two thousand eleven postseason. Uh, in which I guess against Texas in his one game he put up a 9.72. The numbers dipped down a little bit more, but um, he's just one of those guys that you want on the mound. Uh, if whether it's the angry face, the different color eyes, there's something about Max Scherzer, and of course he's consistently one of the top pitchers in baseball. Uh, he's a guy that I wouldn't have any fear taking uh, it, it in that place. Yeah, I had him in my six. Didn't think I was going to get him. Um, well, first of all, I did think that. Garrett Cole, Strasburg, and Verlander would be off the board um, right. in those in those first two rounds. So uh, I wasn't anticipating being able to pick Cole in that third. I probably would have gone Scherzer over Bueller. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, I think that here's the thing with Scherzer is he in his career has been a workhorse and has always had uh, high inning totals prior to this year. He was on, uh, I believe it was six straight seasons with at least 200 innings pitch, uh, 30 plus starts. It was a pretty incredible run. Um, and, and obviously this year with the, the IL since that he had, he wasn't able to be there. And I thought, okay, maybe this means that Scherzer now will be a little bit more well-rested going into this postseason. And, you know, we haven't necessarily seen him at his best uh, come October. Now we might uh, see him a little bit better, but he just hasn't been the same coming off the IL. Uh, so I was a little bit conflicted about it, but I think yeah. if all things are, if he's healthy, uh, I, I agree, you know, just because of his, his regular season statistics, you have to put him in there. Now that does beg the question, you know, who did we leave off of this list, Blake? Uh, and there are some interesting oh, yeah. names that, uh, certainly some people will be mad about being snubs. Obviously we already talked about Walker Bueller, who I would have included, uh, in my top six, um, but going beyond him, you have Clayton Kershaw, who is, if not the best pitcher of this generation, this, uh, of this decade, excuse me, uh, it would be Max Scherzer uh, as the other. I think the two of them, as far as regular season statistics go, are clear-cut one-two, and then everybody else. You, know, you can argue Verlander uh, is in that group as well, but um, you know the fact that Kershaw is not on this list, you know, he ha- does have a shaky postseason yeah. career, um, but uh, you know he's Clayton Kershaw, so you know that exactly. that is definitely surprising in of itself. Some other guys uh, from the Braves, Mike Soroka and Dallas Keuchel, uh, who both of whom have had great seasons this year. Keuchel, of course, uh, is a World Series winner, uh, having done so with the Astros. Patrick Corbin, uh, you know, with the Nats, he, he's starting Game One tonight. Uh, in the NLDS, but this will be his first ever postseason start. He uh, certainly has been among the better pitchers in the National League over the past two years, but this will be our first crack at seeing him in the postseason, so understandable. He's not there. you got Blake Snell, who's been injured for most of the year and in kind of an up-and-down season when he was pitching, obviously the Cy Young winner from last year, but overall uh, kind of a bit of a question mark at this point. You have Hinjin Ryu, who was uh, the clear-cut number one best pitcher in the National League for most of the the first half, uh, but then really Mm. struggled down the stretch to the point where it's looking like he's going to be starting game three uh, of this series and not game one, which we all thought was going to be a shoe-in you know, at the All-Star break. But uh, James Paxton, uh, Luis Severino, two guys from the yeah. Yankees, uh, just they're, they're not really in that ace category for me yet. 
Paxson right. Paxson has been good uh, down the stretch. Severino obviously really didn't get to pitch for most of the year, but he does have a shaky postseason resume in and of himself. Jose Barrios just unproven to me. The, the Twins ace. Uh, you got then at the bottom of the list here. The last couple guys I have: Anibal Sanchez, Rich Hill, and Wade Miley. None of those guys, you know, had a chance of making the top six, but I felt like deserved mention uh, because they have had uh, successful playoff appearances in the past, each in their own right. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I love we're in a league where there's so many great pitchers, especially ones that were able to make it in the postseason. Uh, and like you were saying, the one guy that I, I can't wait to watch and see his uh, his um, postseason debut uh, tomorrow is James Paxson getting that game one start. I mean, you take a look since uh, August second, he's eleven and or he sorry, he is ten and zero. Uh, with an ERA of 2.51, uh, he has held opponents to a 177 batting average over that stretch. Uh, he has certainly turned into the go-to guy. In a, and, and, and from a Yankees perspective, I totally agree with you on Severino not being there yet. Of course, we talked about that postseason struggle so far in his career. Uh, and also the fact that he got four starts before heading into September. Now he has looked good. Uh, but I, I agree he's someone that we weren't able to, to really put on this list. But uh, a lot of great pitchers, and, and we get to see a lot of him in action over the, the next several days. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, man, we got a fun, fun postseason oh slate ahead. Dude. I cannot wait for this weekend. You are unfortunately missing uh, the ALDS oh, or the NLDS yeah. game tomorrow. Uh, I feel bad, um, but I'm really excited for it's Sunday, not going to lie. Uh, hopefully the Nats aren't trying to avoid a sweep at that point. That's all I'm asking for. Right. Uh, they go down 0-2. It's going to be a do-or-die game when I get there. Um, and, you know, obviously the odds aren't good uh, in that situation. But I'm really excited for this weekend. Just we've got NBA right around the corner. We're going to be coming at you all with some uh, preseason predictions soon. Yes. Uh, some preseason preview stuff. Blake and I have to figure out our schedule for that. But uh, that's going to be happening. Maybe we get some hockey talk onto this podcast yeah. at some point if Blake ever decides to watch. Um, did, weren't, weren't you obsessed with hockey betting at one point last year? Was that you? No, that was not me. God, oh. I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I, I'm, I agree hockey is all right, and I'm excited to be, you know, I'm literally like a five-minute walk from the Predators, um, so being able to go to a couple games this uh, this season will be really fun because I've never been to a professional hockey game. So oh, maybe I maybe I can get interested in that a little. I just, uh, I'm not... I don't know. Hockey doesn't really do it for me, but I, I will say, you know, this Thursday through Sunday stretch uh, is the closest I think we get in terms of four day, four days worth of great athletics, as opposed to the the first weekend of the March Madness tournament. We've got yeah. playoff. We've we've got Thursday night football tonight, which is a good Thursday night game. Uh, we don't get many of those. We've got playoff baseball, of course. Friday's baseball, college four football. games, four games. Yeah, on how awesome is that? So that's going to be exciting. Then Saturday, we've got college football and more uh, playoff baseball. Sunday, NFL playoff baseball. Of course, hockey is sprinkled in there, too. So this is probably the, the second closest best uh, four-day four stretch in sports than the uh, March Madness tournament. So I'm definitely ready to do nothing and just sit on my couch for the next four days. Let's do it, man. I'm ready. All righty. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. First off, Matt, this is probably our shortest episode ever. I think we said that in back-to-back episodes. Now we're getting so, wow. Getting we're getting we're getting cheap. We're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to hit him with a three-hour one when we. Oh go. God! We'll do a, a season preview for all thirty NBA teams in one episode. All in one episode, yes. <laughs> uh, where we 
we'll spend an hour on each team. Let's I love it. Yeah, that'll be that'll be perfect. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, make sure to 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 leave a uh, rating, comment, subscribe to the podcast, unsubscribe and resubscribe to just make our numbers look even more pretty. Uh, as always, you can also follow follow us on Twitter. Matt is at Matt Wyrick FBB. You can catch him talking some postseason baseball. Of course, Nat's coverage as well for federal baseball. You can find me at Blake Andrew Pace talking all things NFL. Of course, Indianapolis Colts specifically, uh, Syracuse College football specifically as well. They have a bye week, so fortunately there's not as much work for me to do on their end, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, Matt, any last word for our listeners before we send them off into the weekend? Go Nats, go Caps, go Saints. It's a great weekend to be a sports fan. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thanks.